Um, but just so for connection, verse 3, I wouldn't want to go back to 4 and 5 just to connect with that, but verse 3 um, for connection says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. That's verse 6. Here's a question. Is it possible for God to have pleasure? And if you say so, why? And what would what 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 would you do to bring him pleasure? Just curious. Like, what is, what is pleasure? Because you assume we said names. How do you define these basic words for you? What is pleasure? See? It's a statement. Pleasure. What is that? I bet you can't tell me what pleasure is without using the word sense. Don't use the word sense. Just tell me what pleasure is. Hmm. That which brings one. So the thing that brings the joy is the pleasure. The joy is not the pleasure. So, pleasure is the transportation, it's the messenger, the courier. So that's the pleasure. Mm. Brings joy. So if it isn't bringing joy, that's a special, special messenger that brings joy. If joy is not, you bring in something else, other than joy, that ain't pleasure. Webster. A feeling of happy satisfaction. A feeling. That's pleasure. A feeling of happy. Is satisfaction. So, so is there just just my my just my uh, you know elementary understanding? Is it a happy satisfaction? Is it possible to have a satisfaction that is not happy? Is it possible to be happy or to have a satisfaction that is not happy? And you say, I'm so satisfied, but I'm so unhappy. Happy satisfaction, so says what this one dictionary that some people have access to. So is it possible? Because see, the words people choose to use, are they, you know, contradictory? Or is it a... Um, what is it saying here? Is it, an <laughs> is it saying that satisfaction, but it is happy satisfaction? Or is this just saying, what's the, what's the ridiculousness of it? Is it saying if I'm satisfied, is, is it possible for me to be very satisfied but unhappy? In the source of your satisfaction is also the source of your unhappiness. 
happy satisfaction you see. Yeah. So if somebody asks you, but uh, if somebody says you are, are you happily satisfied? What would be your answer of your seat? You don't put the happy in the front. See, happy is supposed to be describing the satisfaction. Adverb, you add to the verb. So, so now this description, this adjective, says, I'm so I'm satisfied. Really? And so now you put, I'm happily satisfied. So says one dictionary. Trying to confuse people who come from the bush, like you said. <laughs> and so the people who say happy satisfaction, feeling. So, 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 if I apply that to God, is that you're saying pleasure? That's what. That's what pleasure is to God. This happy, sad. You can imagine. You ever, you, you ever visualize your? You ever wondered God smiling? Did you think he should, he should smile in the midst of all the rumors of war? All of the filth of sin in the world today. And he smiled because of uh, maybe something he's telling us, maybe pleasure. And then because he has this happy satisfaction. He just, just flash a smile, you know, and he does a little selfie and he sends it out. <laughs> yes. Uh, this does look like? Yeah. Satisfied. Pleasure. That's God. Yeah, I can create that. You know, I'm going to take that. That's good. And, it is, and to say that's good, you've got to smile when you say that's good. Eh? That's good. <laughs> and then, what is it? And he said, did he say that's good or he said, and it was good? Or he said, that's good. You know the problem. Yeah. That's <laughs> Yeah. He had no jungle spider. <laughs> yeah. Before the foundation of the world, that he did some stuff um, so that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us to adoption of sin. So verse 5 that we mentioned before, how do you summarize verse 5 for us? See, Peter signed um, us as adoption of sons through Jesus Christ uh, to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Who, what does that mean? I have the kind intentions of his will. Let me go back. What's that mean? He did according to the good pleasure. Right? So, in other words, he did that to bring himself pleasure. Or he did that so that he could bring us pleasure. Who's the, who's getting the pleasure? Who's the pleasure? Who's the who's the recipient of this? Yeah. He predestined, called us a children through Jesus Christ and to Himself, based on or according to His good pleasure. In other words, we sometimes says, you remember once upon a time, man says to Jesus, "Hey, if it pleases you, heal me." In other words, if it brings you joy, happy satisfaction, <laughs> but at least help me here, I feel bad. Very good. Heal. 
So adopting us as sons brought him pleasure. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy good if you pause and think about it? Just he, he did all the stuff. And it's like, I ain't do nothing. You know? But the fact that it and he's pre-distant. Pre pre prehistoric. You know. As as a sons, daughters too, I think. Maybe daughters or something. As children. Um then what enjoy? Uh pleasure. But that just the thought of that is wow. How, what do you say to somebody like that? Do you know? They say that you bring. Is it possible? Is it possible that you can bring pleasure to God? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I mean, is it possible first? And he said, well, what, "What do you have to do? I have to keep on stage performing, pretending." Doing this dance, you know, like a puppet. No, the fact that he brought you into his family, so we can say that we are children of God, and doing that brings him. I'm going to put an intense pleasure, the kind intentions or good pleasure, kind intentions of his will, his will, his will is pleased. To bring you in, you and I, as his children. In Christ, that's the way to get in. No other way. Very exclusive. Doesn't compromise. Not through Allah and Buddha and all the mother Judah. Mm-hmm. That's him. He predestined us as doctrine sons through Jesus Christ. How do you say that to kids in. Um, no beginner one, the five-year-old, six-year-old, in their language. How do you simplify that? Verse five, predestined, predestination. So, so say to say to them, say it, say it, say it, say. Give me language that is so simple, even though. We say for an adult level, we might use other words. But how do you say that to a five, six-year-old? What do you understand? That you say it in your own words first, then you can say, break it down. Yeah, break it, bust it up. Break it down into other language that they might understand. First, how would you say it in your own words, naturally, natural conversation? The key things are you and I. But first of all, let's have a good son. He says, in love, he. In love, that's the condition under which he did this. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. You belong to me. And why? According to, on the, you know, um, the kind intentions of his good pleasure, to say, the kind intentions of his will. Hmm. Now, we don't normally talk like that contemporarily. So, how would you normally say that to your colleague um, tomorrow morning? So guess what? You know, I've been thinking. It's not amazing. And then you just say verse five in one sentence. What do you? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? 
your words. First five, first five only. Who that sound like? Yeah, it's not a ghost. It's Wesley Ferguson checking skin to give in class. He had a part set before he considered us as children. Yes. Okay. Now, you, you say good morning, and I'm thinking, you know, uh, meeting somebody in the morning, Lord willing, and say, hi, after the, I guess, common salutations and greetings, then you may just say, you know, I've been thinking yesterday, isn't this amazing? That's a question. And then you say, that God has had a part set for us. At some point, God. And then you say, well, well did, did, did you say it again? Now say it your words again, so that the person now is in that mode to hear what you just said. God has a part set for us before he You gotta do that part with the pleasure now. I don't want to yeah, see that yeah. trying to work it. Is it work it? Is it work it, baby? Work it. Yeah, work it. It starts off with some interesting things. See, in verse 5, it says, in love. See, so he did this in love, but look at the end of it talks about and the pleasure or, or um, kind intentions of his will. So, so whatever happens in between, notice that from the beginning, in love and pleasure. And then he, he, he jumps, slammed down right in the middle there, with things that happened to us, adopted, free the son, adopted the son, right in the middle there, in or through Christ Jesus. And that brings him this intense pleasure. And, and I'm right in the middle of that. I, I, in a sense, you can say, I am not, I am the object that create that brings. And even though me and that being in that position, I didn't even cause it. This is something he did way back then. So God was setting himself up for pleasure. God wants to be pleased, intensely pleased. And he chooses us to, to be the source of that, to get drive that pleasure from us. How does this work? And then he said, well, I do not. How does he know? Did you know? We mentioned this last time, I think. Did you know? Can a, can a believer know? Can an individual know that he is going to be um, adopted as sons? Does he know that he is predestined to be God's child? Is it possible to know? No. Before you do, no. Romans gives you Paul did an I thought, my own bias. The uh, in the book of Romans explained that. And and he I guess the first eight chapters he said nothing about it until around chapter eight, where he mentions the term predestined, because it has to talk about who we were calling prior to our calling, you know, um, our condition. And that's an interesting thing I wanted probably we have no time for it, but throughout. 
uh, for you to chew on. Is there a difference here, Sathar? Is there a difference between position and condition? Or, let's say it another way, what is the difference between position and condition? Is there a difference between position and condition? Are they synonymous? Are they different? How is a position different from condition? Sense? What? What is a state? If you have a disease? What is the position? It's a state of being. Which one that is? Which one are you describing? As condition. Condition. Okay. A state of being. A state of being. Okay, that's condition. But what is position? Oh, come on, they say people, position. Don't, they say, don't overthink. I can trap you if you go in overthink mode, because I have a trap set. Location. Location. Condition is like, like you say, the state, almost like an environment. Um, that's what comes from that condition. Condition and environment. Yeah. It's the condition. And, 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 and position, position is. is like location. And location doesn't have an environment. Mm, yeah, it, it, it could be um, a location in a particular environment, but it's where you are. But that's the same thing as where I am is also a condition. What condition are you in? Health. <laughs> oh, what position are you in? Right, so yes, they say a position is like a title. Ah, in terms of location too, but location in the sense of, let's say, career. You can think geography in one sense, so you can use position in different ways where it is really geographical. But I am in this position within a hierarchy of, in terms of this in Korea. Right. Um, is it possible to, for two people to be in the same position with different conditions? Yes. Reverse. Is it possible for people to have the same condition but different position? It's a slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Different conditions, but the same position. You think so? I can hear. So, in other words, if I, if I attempt to persuade you that you can have um, different position and same condition, you think I could sell that? Guess in phone card money. Once upon a time, what was the spiritual condition of all believers? Depravity. Did you say strategy? Depravity. Deprave, deprave, big word, big word, big word. Depravity, deprave, depravity. <laughs> As similar first cousin to 
big cavity. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, big one, big one. And rotten teeth, rotten teeth. All right. Um, depraved. That was their condition. What position were they in while they were in that depraved condition? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't see. Fallen condition or position? If someone is fallen, would you say he's in a fallen condition or he's in a fallen position? So then now uh, if you say both, we come back to the first comment I made. You're using both words interchangeably. There's no real distinction. <laughs> you can't have a, a person is always in a certain position. True or false? This person is also always in a certain condition. True or false? The two persons can be in the same condition but in different position. And they can also be in the same position, but in different condition. <laughs> it depends on what we're talking about. Is it possible for two, two non-Christians, positionally, let's use the position as in Christ as opposed to out of Christ. In fellowship with Christ, out of fellowship with Christ. By the way, fellowship is unique to the believer, right? There is no fellowship with unbeliever. In other words, unbelievers have no fellowship with Christ. Agree? Um, only Christians have fellowship with Christ. Yeah? Sometimes Christians do not have fellowship with them. They can be would be considered or say is fallen out of fellowship with Christ. Agree? Yeah. Now, same thing. Christians are in a relationship with Christ. That does not change. Adoption, right? That's fixed. So there, would you call that a position as a child in the family, or that's a condition? Is that a position or condition? I hear a position going once. Yeah, the, the Christian's relationship with Christ is considered a position or condition. I relate to Because it, it's fixed, um, it makes it sound like it's uh, position, like, like a location right, in Christ. The term, we've seen it a couple of times in Christ, in Christ. Uh, so it seems like a position, but I, I don't want it to have the implication of being changeable because it's fixed, you are in Christ, that's it, you are in Christ, not you are changeable. So your position is locked in? Yes, it's locked in. There's nothing fixed. To change his position. Yeah, position means yeah. Condition always changes. Position does not always change. You are either in one or two positions. 
but you can have varying conditions. Condition. Condition could be varying, varying degrees of condition. You could have intensity of conditions. You can have an extreme. Set of condition. Not the I'm the of the the That's condition position. All, all that comes back in terms of clarifying. But if you if you understand it, when we talk about the predestined or predestination uh, and explaining it, verse 5, to somebody. If, if we get a, a good hold on that, what it means, it's easier for us to explain it to someone who might be challenged to understand that. Because it suggests, do you sense that there is something that you, uh, as if, how do you, I think Mr. Williams mentioned something several weeks ago, three or more time sessions ago, that we man has free choice, will. How do you match that in God who is sovereign here? How did he says this was done, we said in verse three, before the foundation of the world? And so could that be before God created the world? But here's the thought. How, when do you think God had it in his head that he is going to create the world? That's a, yeah, it, it's no wrong answer. You know, you're going to get an atheist answer anyhow. It's, it's always was there. Can God learn anything? Did God ever have a new thought? How does that work with our linear way of thinking? Because we always thinking there has to be a beginning, progression, progression, progression. One thing after the next. Because we are conditioned to think in terms of time. And God who is outside of that sphere. And when we try to think into that realm, we get roadblock. We end up with a word there. It's a very technical word in Greek called, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I understand. <laughs> Amen. You know? <clears throat> because if God since God cannot, to talk, God cannot learn, because in our concept, what does learning suggest change? Um, because I didn't know this yesterday, now I know something new, so I have changed cognitively. God can't not change. The Bible says that in another sense. And when we read it, we don't read it in that sense. It's like God says, I change not. What can make it because he is, he knows all this stuff. So, when he says this, how do you measure or balance the free will of man and the sovereignty of God? The two of them seem to be juxtaposition, they are an opposite position, they are opposed one another. But really, let's do this and I shut up. Acts chapter 2, verse 23. I'll close this so I may not look at it. 
to be pulled into another question that jumps off the page. Acts 2, 23, in that vicinity, I think it's 23. I need it read so I can see if that's the verse I'm thinking. 223? 223. But you followed God's prearranged plan with the help yeah. with the help of lawless Gentiles who nailed him to the cross and murdered him. It's weird but scripture like that, yes. uh, could, could I have another more uncontemporary? <laughs> then being delivered by the determining counsel and foreknow edge of God. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. What did you say before? Counsel of God? Determinate. 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 Counsel of God. Did they have determined and not predetermined? There's determined. Okay. Um, you are still on the J zone? Okay, you have to trade that in. This plan delivered over by predetermined plan. This more knowledge of God. You nailed to a cross by the hand of godless men and put it to death. Who's the speaker there? Peter. Peter. Cousin Peter. Peter is talking here. This is on the day of Pentecost. Um, but he, he merged in that one verse are those two things we were just discussing. It seems like who killed Jesus? Pope John, the Pope, Pope <laughs> Do, who, who killed Jesus? Us. Pope Peter? I mean, uh, us, according to that verse. Hmm. I thought there was predetermined or God. determined will. God. God turned him over. God set him up. God sent him. And it was like three sets of people. God, the godless man would be the Romans, and the Jew, which would be Jewish people. So, in other words, if I break them into two categories, the, the, the Jews and the Romans, they still have free will, right? Yeah. Choice. So, let's call them people. <laughs> yeah. So, you had the peoples, and then you had God. People had choice. They could decide, I ain't killing them. He's innocent. I nail them, no, 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 I ain't doing that. And yet there's God right in the background, they're hovering over this predetermined will set Jesus up for the big nailer. So question is, who killed Jesus? Who crucified Jesus? Did he say both God and man? That's what you say. God and man? Yeah, that's just that, that, you're, you're playing it safe. What do you think it's safe? <laughs> Straddling the fence. That fence has barbed wire on it. That could hurt you. <laughs> yeah. But, but you see, merging the one, these three concepts, two concepts, the predestined. And yet there's a free will. Because God is who He is. And He knows what will be. Doesn't violate the free will. But because He knows what you will do. That's just, I know. He didn't impose it on. He says, I'm going to manipulate you, you little puppet you. I'm going to, I'm going to play with your mind. I'm going to brainwash you. I'm going to make you. So that the person says, I'm not going to uh, share my faith or tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ and what it means to me personally. Because 
they may not be one of the elect. God don't want to adopt them. As a matter of fact, I don't even want them to be adopted. I don't want them to be my brother and sister. I don't like them. I don't like the attitude. can't stand their guts to any other part of their internal organs. We're wow. But we have been. We just stand in love. That's the condition under which God predestined us. It was done in love. At some point, way, 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 it's beyond eternity past. Someplace down there. At which point, it always was. That's when it gets a little foggy. When you start thinking in eternity more. Can't, can't, can't grasp, can't comprehend it, can't hug it. You know, I, I, I apprehend, I hold on to you. I want to hear it, but I can't, can't embrace all of it because I don't have a complete control of it. I don't have the capacity. But the fact, but the little bit of peace of the God that in love he predestined this long time ago and to end in Christ, and that brings him, he chose to do that to bring himself pleasure. The pleasure meaning that when we get it, he's, he's glad to be there. Because he wants to, again, read elsewhere to share himself with us. And that brings him almost reciprocal joy. Because once we understand that, that should bring us pleasure. And he says, you have these two people playing the field, laughing in one other foolishness. Well, when we see it, we laugh out of ourselves. You saw these programs where the babies laugh over foolishness. You know, uh, um, some people show people these things you know, on their computer. Come, come to board and say, "Look at this! This is, you know, for things if the dog is barking, the child bark. I mean, the child laugh. You know, um, and they back and forth. And say, Isn't that cute? Yes, yes. The door. See, a door is right there. Yeah. And so, and, and then you look at this. Oh, what's going on? Is they so happy? And they, yeah. So they do something with us, and then we end up cracking or breaking a smile. Yeah. Which is weird, you know, and you say, adults don't do that. Because if adults do it, we say you need to be institutionalized, you know, take, take them away, put them in a jacket, straight lockdown, and they can't move. Children do just such, no, that's so, oh, oh, and that's just stuff. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> May the Lord watch between I and they while we ask and want them. Let's close um, until then, next time, but let's pick up from here and let's see all of these wonderful things that just thought that we bring God pleasure. It's okay if I upset the dog, here on earth, or the other human being, at the expense of bringing pleasure to God. There's no comparison. Father, thank you. Again, for your word, thank you for the potency thereof. And... Uh, it has, we have access to it. It's incredible. And we're delighted. Give us this appetite, an insatiable hunger to know, to experience, to understand, and then the will, obedience to apply your truth to our lives. These things we ask with sincere hearts in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.